All right, how many of you in the room have seen the movie, The Lion King? Whether it's the animated version, live version, stage version. So there is a song towards the beginning of that movie sung by young Simba and Nala and Zazu called I Just Can't Wait to Be King. Now, if you remember the movie, Simba was kind of sort of looking forward to being king, but not really for any good reason other than he wanted the ability to change all of the rules that he didn't like. He didn't want someone to tell him who he was supposed to marry. He didn't want, tell, he didn't want anyone to tell him when to look left, when to look right. He wanted to be king so that he could make all of those decisions for himself. Now, as we know, things didn't quite work out the way we would have expected them to work for the future king because he was run out of the pride land by his evil uncle. But that gave him the advantage of coming back later on after he had grown up and matured to realize what it really meant to be king because when he came back to the pride land, his uncle Scar had failed miserably because Scar went down the path that Simba thought he was going to go down and made a lot of the decisions based on what was best for him and what was in his best interest. Now, as you heard in our scripture, we hear about a young king tonight, eight years old. Now, I know that there are a lot of parents in this room. Most of the children in this room are eight or older. So to the young people first, how many of you think that you would have made a good king or queen at, <laughs> at the age of eight? Out of the young people in this room, two of them are confidently raising their hands, the rest of them not so much. Okay, so now to the adults of those young people, how many of you think that your son or daughter or family friend would have made a good king or queen at the age of eight? I see a whole lot of adults shaking their heads, no. So as I often like to do with my Lenten reflections, I asked the Facebook universe, similar to what Pastor Natalia did last week, to give a one-word answer to the question, what makes a good king or queen? And here were some of the responses I received. Compassion, integrity, transparency, humility, trust, generosity, wisdom, empathy, authenticity, kindness, grace, and many of those were named more than once. And then the final answer that I got in response to this question was dragons. The person who answered dragons happens to be in the room and is going to totally own up to the fact that he, in fact, said dragons. So our scripture tonight tells us a completely, completely different story of a young king. As Pastor Natalia mentioned in announcements a while back, when we think of the young king of the Bible, 
we often think of King David. Even when we talk about some of the other call stories of young people, we maybe think of Samuel or Jeremiah or even Mary. How many of you before tonight had heard of Josiah, the child king at the age of eight? Not a whole lot of you. It was a story I hadn't heard of, but of course, because it deals with a child king, figured I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle this one. So here we are with our obscure story of the night. The story of Josiah, a child king, in verse 2 of our scripture, gives us a pretty straightforward answer as to why Josiah was chosen as king. Because God didn't always choose kings and queens based on who their parents were or where they fell in any type of bloodline. But God chose kings and queens similar to how they chose Josiah. They were chosen because of what God saw on the inside. And verse 2 says, He lived the way that God wanted. He kept straight on the path, not one step, either left or right. The scripture then goes on to paint a picture of a king who trusted their workers, gave them the responsibility that they had earned and rightfully deserved, and seemed to pay them what they were worth. This also doesn't really fall in line with many of the stories that we hear of many of the common or most known rulers of the Bible. But Josiah, as king, made sure that every single person working on that temple knew that they were appreciated and respected. Shortly after we hear this, and in the mix of a whole bunch of names that I left some of them out, we hear of this great act from King Josiah. While the workers were working in the temple, they find a scroll. And the scroll lists the word of God. And as Josiah hears what this word of God is, he realizes that the generations before him didn't live up to the word of God. So as a still relatively young king, even though at this point he was older than the age of eight, he takes it upon himself to pay the price for the entire people. He was willing to say, my people, the generations before me of my people, screwed up. So punish me. But the people that had brought the word of God to Josiah weren't quite sure what to do with this. So as they go to seek answers, Hilkiah simply says, Doom will be brought to this land and to these people. But because of your heart, because you have taken time to say, I am sorry for the actions of my people and the people before me, you will be spared. Does this sound like something a lot of the kings we often hear about would do? No, because most of them 
tended to throw their workers under the bus. But if we're honest with ourselves and if we listen to this story of Josiah, I don't know about you, but his actions remind me of probably the most well-known king in the Bible. Because I don't know of very many people in the Bible or in today's society that would say, I'll take all. I'll take all of the punishment. But that is what Josiah did. He lived fully the life that God wanted him to live. So now I want to go back to this eight-year-old self. Think of your eight-year-old self or the eight-year-olds in your life. How many of them would, do you think would take the sole responsibility if their class was acting up, how many of you, and they were being good, how many of you think the eight-year-olds in your life would have said, I'm, I'm the one that started this, I'll take all the blame? Yeah, no hands. Didn't think so. Just this past Sunday, our survey of the week was how easy is it to follow Jesus? And you were given three options. Very difficult, easy and difficult, and very easy. The majority of people who answered the question both in person and online chose the middle ground and picked easy and difficult. But one of the comments that I heard as some of you were debating amongst yourselves was that, well, it's very easy, but I'm not sure I'm doing a good job at it, though. And doesn't that really sum up the truth for all of us? We all know what we are supposed to do. We all know how we are supposed to follow God and Jesus. We all know how we are supposed to treat the people around us. We all know why we are supposed to live as Christ would. But the when and the where of how to do that is what can be difficult for us. Because we often want to serve our own needs, much like Simba wanted to do when he first heard about this idea that he was going to be king one day. But Simba learned a very important lesson that we can all learn, and it's a lesson that we can learn from stories like King Josiah, that doing what is right for all is what is doing right for God. Josiah was chosen to be king not necessarily because he was born into some royal extended bloodline, but he was chosen to be king because of what God saw on the inside and the faith that he exemplified on the outside. Josiah knew that he was a beloved child of God, chosen to serve the highest rank, and he did it to near perfection. You are all a beloved child of God, called into this world to love God, love others, and love yourself. Live the life that God wants you to live. Be someone that God would appoint to be a king or queen because in God's eyes, you are spot on perfect. Now, growing up in weather like this that I am so over, 
the snow can just go away, we would play a game called King of the Hill at recess. How many of you remember playing a similar game? The goal of that game was to be the one that was remaining standing at the top of the hill. But in order to do that, what did you have to do to everybody else that was playing with you? You had to push them down. So pretty ironic that we call this game King of the Hill or Queen of the Hill. And in order to receive that title, we act in the most unkind way of pushing others down. If King Josiah was alive today and was invited to play King of the Mountain or King of the Hill, I'm going to go out a limb, on a limb and say he may, may very well have declined because he didn't lead by abusing his power. He led by love and example, just as we are called to do. Thank you.